time for the Susan Taylor Podcast, where we discuss the yoga of mind, medicine, and healing. Author of Feeling Good Matters, Sexual Radiance, and the Vital Energy Program, Dr. Taylor imparts authentic knowledge and practical tools that inspire, educate, and empower us to be a healing force for positive change. So join us and take your life and our planet to the next level. Hello and welcome to episode 133, Feeling Anxious? Adopt a New Way of Breathing. In today's episode, I'd like to talk about building a stable and strong nervous system and how breathing affects the nervous system and in turn affects, you know, our levels of anxiety or joy for that matter, or relaxed being, and two practices really to get started. You know, our nervous system does dictate our emotional and physical health, and previous research has established the gut as a major regulator of this motivational and our emotional states, but recent research has actually shed light on the gut-brain neural circuitry in our health, and we all know that anxiety, depression, or any of our moods can be totally linked to the gut. In yoga science, we focus on having a stable and strong nervous system because it's essential to a healthy mind and body. I mean, it's that simple. We have to have our nervous system in balance. And emphasis is always placed on our breathing habits and all the work that we do at the Center for Meditation Science has to do with emphasis on our breathing habits because it's through breathing that we gain access to our autonomic nervous system. You know, whether we're calm and resilient or stimulated and scattered. You know, if we look at the nervous system, we find that the nervous system is built around two are the balance of two opposing actions. And that's the sympathetic nervous system, which is associated with our fight or flight response. And, you know, that's causing cortisol and all the stress hormones, chemicals actually, to be secreted throughout the whole bloodstream, affecting every part of our body. And then we have the parasympathetic branch of the nervous system, which is associated with relaxation, digestion, and regeneration. Actually, we could even say rejuvenation. And these two parts of our autonomic nervous system are meant to really work in rhythm, in a balanced way, so that we have healthy rhythms of alertness and restfulness that facilitate both our physical and mental health. When the balance between our sympathetic branch of the nervous system and our parasympathetic branch is disturbed from chronic stress, negativity, unresolved issues, and even the occurrences of feeling unsafe or unstable, we experience anxiety. You know, we do live in a world, or in the past, we have a new reality now, but we've tend to be overstimulated from our marketing ads to tweets to text even to the news the news is really a stimulating mechanism based on a fear response which creates anxiety and that leads to sympathetic nervous system arousal and as we know our current state of affairs we're changing we're transforming i'm putting it out there for the better in a positivity way where our environment is healing, it's getting better, and our attitudes are improving, and we're becoming closer in connection. 
but there's still a little portion that possibly is unsettled and we have to have practices to help with that part that's lagging, that's still creating the arousal, the anger, the animosity. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What are those practices? And the practice we teach is breath awareness. If we acknowledge this, let's acknowledge the reality of what might be taking place. We step back and we look at this, we can do something about it by really learning to create balance within ourselves. And when we learn to breathe correctly, we engage our nervous system, the relax and renew part of our nervous system, that's the parasympathetic, and we can actually get regularity with that. And again, how do we do this? We have to regulate our breath because the breath gives us access to the vagus nerve and it's the only autonomic function breathing, okay, that can be consciously changed to regulate our physiology and our mental functions. Therefore, our breathing habit dictates the strength and resilience of our nervous system. And let's see how that works. We're going to take a look at what we call the vagus nerve. And there's nothing too difficult for anyone here to really learn because everyone's an intelligent, informed being. We all have access to that. So that's why we teach in that way. And the vagus nerve is essentially the queen of this parasympathetic, nerve, parasympathetic nervous system. And it's responsible for our rest and digest or our chill out one, you know. So the more we do things that stimulate or activate it, again, we're using that word stimulate, but in a positive way here, like using our diaphragm to breathe, the more we banish the effects, you know, of that sympathetic nervous system overstimulation for example, our fight or flight circuit. So when we're engaged in diaphragmatic breathing, again, we're relaxed and we're feeling really calm and confident within ourselves. And that turns off, that actually overrides the sympathetic nervous system. So the vagus nerve, which is our longest nerve of cranial nerves, it contains these fibers, both motory and sensory fibers that pass through our neck, our thorax, all the way down to the abdomen. And traditionally, scientists believe that this nerve, you know, just was, you know, working with suppressive functions such as our fullness uh, after we eat or nausea. In contrast, circulating hormones rather than vagal transmission were thought to really convey reward signals from the gut to the brain. But what we've experienced in the last decade, that there's a bi-directional communication. And what that means is our brain talks to our gut and our gut talks to our brain. And that takes place via this vagus nerve. There's other, there's other pathways, but the vagus nerve is one of the main ones. The vagus nerve plays a central role in our emotional and physical health. You know, the vagus nerve, Latin meaning wandering, and rightly so, supplies motor parasympathetic fibers to all our organs, of course, except our adrenal glands. And the vagus nerve originates in the brain region called the medulla. And as I mentioned, extends from the neck down to the second segment of our transverse colon in our abdomen. And it's also known to control a few skeletal muscles here and there in our mouth and throat region. When we engage in breathing practices that stimulate these areas of the body, we can have a profound influence on the tone of our vagus nerve. 
And that's why in all our meditation trainings, as well as our resilience courses, we start with a foundation using diaphragmatic breathing, because it is the gold standard to help you reclaim balance of body and mind. And the vagus nerve has what we call an inhibitory influence upon the sympathetic nervous system. So in other words, it inhibits, it turns off the sympathetic nervous system. And again, Practices that stimulate our vagus nerve have a calming effect on our body and mind. So healthy vagal tone can be thought of as an optimal balance of parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system actions that allows you to respond with the resilience, you know, to the ups and downs of life. And breathing practices that focus on stimulating the vagus nerve, mainly diaphragmatic breathing, it can help you regain balance. And, you know, if you're keyed up with anxiety or shut down with fatigue, it will help you gain balance. And again, I mentioned that the vagus nerve extends from the brainstem down to your abdomen, your stomach, and your intestines, actually innervating the heart and lungs as well, and connects your throat and facial muscles. And research does show the way we breathe affects our heart rate, blood pressure, and can even, you know, help us relax when we need to. And you know, with the help of biofeedback, that approach coordinates our breathing and our heart rate, slowing and steadying breathing to slow and stabilize our heartbeat. Now that's not new to the yoga scientists out there, but yoga science has known that slow, deep breathing increases activity of the vagus nerve. Again, that's part of our parasympathetic nervous system. The vagus nerve also controls and measures the activity of many of our internal organs. So when it's stimulated, calmness pervades the body, heart rate slows, and everything becomes regular, balanced, blood pressure even decreases, and muscles relax. So when the vagus nerve informs the brain of these changes, it too relaxes, increasing feelings of peacefulness. So the technique works through both neurobiological and psychological mechanisms. So it's the mind and body. Remember the mind and body are one. If I put it another way, your body senses your breathing and adapts its heart rate in response. When we inhale the sensory nodes of our lungs, there are lung stretch receptors, they send information up through the vagus nerve and into the brain. And when we breathe out, we exhale, the brain sends information back down through the vagus nerve to slow down or speed up the heart. So when we breathe slowly, the heart slows and we relax. And when we breathe quickly, our heart speeds up. That ha- that's what happens when we feel amped up or anxious. And guess what? It's all controlled by our thought process in the mind. So our exhalation that triggers the relaxation response is important to know. It's our exhalation, so that's exhaling, because vagal activity is highest and the heart rate is lowest when we exhale. And that's why yogis have always given the practices centuries ago for those wanting to have a sound mind and body. So how do we get started? Let's be practical here. What type of diaphragmatic breathing exercises and techniques should you use? 
Well, I can give you what we use here in our trainings. A typical exercise that we do to regulate our breathing is diaphragmatic breathing. As you know, you've heard this over and over. And the next few episodes, I'm going to talk about the importance of our lungs, importance of immunity and all of that, because we really need to pay attention to that in our new normal behavior. Our students learn diaphragmatic breathing and are instructed to practice diaphragmatic breathing as part of our everyday habit. And it's breathing not just in a yoga or mindfulness meditation routine, but I'm talking as our normal routine. Some diaphragmatic breathing techniques uh, prescribe inhaling and exhaling via only the mouth. I'm saying I don't advise that since nasal passages are essential to the neurological signaling in the brain. Keep that in mind. No mouth breathing here. In our programs, we start with a simple crocodile pose that's face down, resting your head on your forearms. And you could find that on just use your little googly and you'll find what a crocodile pose looks like. And when we breathe in this position, it allows you to experience diaphragmatic breathing. And once this becomes a familiar habit, then we progress to practicing this lying on our back in supine position, followed by standing up or seated position using the diaphragm to breathe. And once it's established, we can practice then with a sandbag because the diaphragm is a muscle. That's a muscle. And once that muscle gets very, very strong, you'll be able to have even better inhalation and exhalation. You'll even detox your brain and your body. You'll let go of toxins with more ease and more efficiency, and you'll have less anxiety. So we learn first, let's take the next month or two and do diaphragmatic breathing if you're not used to it in the crocodile pose. If you've been practicing, practicing twice a day on your back doing it. I know that I have a practice that I do AM and PM using the sandbag. Why? Because it's strengthening my own diaphragm. I have to be reminded because many times we're at the computer with all this online work now. We're at the computer. We need to be reminded about our diaphragm. So I encourage all of you to do the practice. If you need advice on that or help on that, please contact me. I'd be more than happy to help you get started in the practice. And as I always say, do your research. And that brings us to the end of this episode. And if you'd like to be notified weekly for new podcasts, please subscribe. And if you know anybody that may really benefit from this now, pass it on, pass on the link. It helps us build our community of like-minded seekers so that we can go out and exude positive influence to help in our new environment. And that's really where we want to be in a positive state contact us at susantaylor.org if you have any questions or comments or feedback. And thanks again for listening. Again, the Susan Taylor podcast does come out every week. And if you have any questions, comments, I love to hear them. And as always, until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment.